0: glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. So sin is not what sends you to hell. It's rejection of Jesus Christ. No man has ascended to heaven, he said. Now, you see, somebody said, well, what about the people that died, you know, that were righteous? Did they go to heaven? No, no. They went to abode of the righteous dead. See, it was down in the earth at that time, in the center of the earth. And it was across from the abode of the wicked dead, two separate compartments. But when Jesus arose from the dead, he went down there into that place and he opened the gates and let those people out. And some of those people walked the streets of Jerusalem after Jesus rose from the dead. Now, brother, you talk about the Sadducees that didn't believe in the resurrection. That's the reason they were Sadducees. It was hard for them to propagate their gospel after some of those Old Testament saints were seen walking the streets of Jerusalem been dead for 150 years. But they did. They actually walked the streets and people saw them. Now, I don't know what that does to you, but it excites me. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. A type, Jesus the snake on the pole was a type of Jesus taking sin upon himself, becoming sin for us. The brass is symbolic of divine judgment. Divine judgment rendered the old serpent Satan harmless. There's a twofold application there. That serpent is a type of Satan. It is also a type of Jesus. And he rendered that serpent harmless by divine judgment. Jesus was, no doubt, the serpent on the pole because of what he says here it was a type God said to Moses you know the people were bitten by snakes and he said make this brazen serpent and put him on a pole and it'll come to pass that whosoever looketh upon that and behold that they'll live and not die in other words death won't pass on them that's a type of what divine judgment see did to satan Divine judgment rendered Satan harmless and ineffective against you. Satan can't send you to hell. Satan can't make you do all, you know. Like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. He doesn't have the power to make you do it. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his lust. When lust is conceived, it bring forth sin. It becomes an act of the will eventually because of the thought pattern. But the thing I want you to see here is that the serpent on the pole also reveals to us that that serpent has been rendered harmless and ineffective. If that old serpent Satan has bitten you, in other words, this is what God was saying by type, if that old serpent Satan has bitten you, then if you'll behold what I've done to him through Jesus, what Jesus did to him on the cross then it won't have any effect on you. I mean, we could take a brass rattlesnake and pass him around here this morning, and nobody would be afraid of it, would they? Because a brass snake can't hurt anybody. Satan's been paralyzed, thank God, by divine judgment. So here we see the type that Jesus is talking about. He's telling Nicodemus some heavenly things. The Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, go with me to 2 Corinthians. Now, while we're on the way there to 2 Corinthians, I want to remind you of what I mentioned earlier, that Paul got his revelation by Jesus Christ. He didn't get it by book learning. He didn't study it in seminary. And there's nothing wrong with seminaries, and I'm not coming against that. I'm just telling you that Paul, he was out preaching this, and he didn't get it from any man. He got it from Jesus Christ, and he said he believed it so much and so strong until he said, If an angel from heaven come and preach any other gospel but that which I preach, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Now, here in 2 Corinthians, look at chapter 6, and we'll start with verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? Now, Paul says The believer, he likens them to righteousness and the unbeliever to unrighteousness. He likens it to light and darkness. For what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? That's pretty strong language, isn't it? And I might remind you again how Jesus looked at the Christians on the road to Damascus when Paul was knocked to the ground there with the great light shined around about him. Jesus said to him, Why persecutest thou me? Well, he didn't know he was persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting the church, the body of Christ. But Jesus said, It's me. Why is it me? Because we're in him. And because that we're together one. And when somebody does something to the body of Christ, Jesus takes it personally. Now, that's one reason that Paul made the statement in giving the Lord's Supper. He said, there's many of you sick, and some have already fallen asleep or dead because you didn't discern the body of Christ. That when you were doing things to the body of Christ, you was really doing it to Jesus. Boy, I tell you, that'll get you straightened out. That'll jerk a slack out of your chain. <laughs> now notice what Paul goes on to say in verse 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols... For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you. Ye are the temple of the living God. Jesus prepared a place for us in the Father. And then we prepared a place for the Father in us by actually being born again. And if you keep my words, he said, we'll come and make our abode with you. Now, you follow what Jesus is saying there? In my Father's house are many mansions. I go and prepare a place for you. There's mansions in heaven. But he didn't say that's where he was going to receive it. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in the Father. And then he said to Nicodemus, That which is born of flesh is flesh. You must be born again. And by doing that, we make an abode for the Father. If we keep his words, they come and make our abode with us. Then Paul says, you are the temple of the living God. God has said. Now, if anybody else said it, I wouldn't have believed it. But God said it. (laughs) I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they'll be my people. Oh, now that's strong. It's like someone said, when you walk, God walks. When you talk, God talks. If you're in Christ, that's the way God sees you. Now everybody else won't see you that way, and you may not even see yourself that way. But if you get to study the Scriptures, you begin to see yourself that way. And when you begin to see yourself that way, you start acting that way. See, you got to see, it. you got to perceive it before you can walk in the reality of it. When you see that this is the way God sees you, God sees you in Christ. He sees you as a temple of a living God, and as you keep His words, you create a lifestyle. In you, fit for deity. God will make his abode there. He said, "Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. I mean, you don't have to pray for God to be with you. He's in you. He's walking with you. He's talking in you. When you walk, he walks. When you talk, he talks. I mean, that's the way God sees it. Now, I know sometimes we all break out of that. But that's the way God sees it. And that's the way God calls it. Now, you see, let me remind you of what Jesus prayed over there, that they're not of this world even as I'm not of this world. That's the way he saw us. That's the way God saw us. And I'll tell you, when God sees you that way, it's going to end up that way. He calls that thing. If you'll remember there, he said, I have given them thy word, and they have kept thy word. Now, you, all you have to do is go back and read a little bit, and you'll find out they hadn't kept his word. They didn't even receive his word. It went in, as someone said, in one ear and out the other. I mean, Jesus telling him he's got to go to the cross and die, and he's got to do all these things, and Peter rebukes him. And he just got through telling Jesus, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, Flesh and blood hadn't revealed that to you, but it came from divine authority from heaven. And then the next thing you know, here's Peter rebuking Jesus for saying he's going to fulfill the word of God. And Jesus turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan. But Jesus in his prayer said, they have kept your word. I don't care how much you go against what God says, if you get in his word and stay with it, he is seeing you walking in that word. When you're not walking in it, God sees you walking in it. And if you'll get to thinking like God thinks, you'll live out the reality of it. He sees you in heaven now. He sees you there. Now, don't misunderstand me. People can just totally rebel and just break out of it and go to hell if they want to. But you're going to have to go to hell against God. Because he's doing everything. He's made the confession over. He said, they have kept thy word. Why, they didn't even understand it. But he proclaimed it. And you know they finally did understand it? See, the spirit of truth, when he came, he called to remembrance those things. And then they said, did not our heart burn within us as he walked with them after he arose from the dead and imparted the scriptures to them? Then they understood what it meant. But the power of this scripture here, God will dwell in them and walk in them. See, God is in you. God is in you now. It's just almost more than we can comprehend. And I don't think we ever comprehend it unless we started confessing it. Say this with me. The Word says that God dwells in me and that he walks in me. So when I walk, God must be walking. When I talk, God's talking because God dwelleth in me. And I'm in God, God's in me. For the life of Christ, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in me and he quickens my mortal body. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm the temple of the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Thank you so much for joining us for the broadcast today. I trust you've been blessed by the Word of God. Now, we have a very special book offer this week. It's book offer number 7518. It's called The Substance of Things. It's a 73-page paperback for $7 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $10. In this book, we share with you how a copy machine works. It'll help you understand why you do not have to proofread the copy. God's Word has in it the ability to produce exactly what it says if we will plant it in our life the way the Word says to do it. And someone says, well, how do I know that when I give, I will receive from God? Because you don't have to proofread the copy. Have you ever noticed on a copy machine that you don't have to proofread the copy that you run, because it comes exactly from the original. The DNA in God's Word will produce exactly the same thing in your life. I'm talking about the promises of God now. You sow a seed for what you need. The Word of God is the seed. Find the promise. If it's finances you need, find the Word of God concerning finances. Begin to proclaim it, speak it, and plant it, and it will produce an exact copy of that in your life eventually. Now, it won't happen just because you're saying it but saying it is involved in causing it to happen. And I tell you, this book will help you understand how to get a handle on the things of God, the invisible things of God, things that God's already given you. It's book offer number 7518. It's called The Substance of Things. It's a 73-page paperback for $7 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $10. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. 1-877-396-9400 one 396 Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call one 396 9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046.